it's not something that's necessarily like in the forefront or in the media but as you dig down and like a lot of events within history all oftentimes it is on you know queer black people are at the forefront of that so i think those are the people that kind of inspire me the people that put themselves on the line to help the rest of us one thing that I enjoy about Gay Times and the kind of archive that we have that goes back to like 1984 is actually looking back on those experiences to see what's changed but also what hasn't and it's important to reflect on that because if you don't know the sort of the shoulders that you stand on or the struggles that your ancestors have been through then how do you build and push forward? This is the official UK Black Pride Time Capsule podcast, a celebration of black and brown, queer joy and togetherness. In this limited edition series, we've literally bottled the essence of the UK Black Pride celebrations. Everything you're about to hear was recorded in the summer of 2022 and the audio files will be sealed underground at the Olympic Park as a powerful legacy for generations of our people to come. If you're young, black and queer, and you're listening to my voice in the future, my name is Iwan Obinyan. Welcome home. What you know about skill, talent, vigor, vim, you, her, them, him, that's birthright's way, that's potent, that knowledge, that energy, smoke, sunshine through the UK showers, south ends where it all got started, it's mine. Last episode, we explored the good, the bad, and the complexities of family. UK Black Pride isn't just a home and a celebration for LGBTQ people of colour. It's also an annual in-person protest. In this episode, I attempt to get to the heart of why protest is still important in 2022 for LGBTQ people and their allies. So, first things first, um, thank you so much for agreeing. Blah, 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 blah. I've been doing this all day. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the II Studios UK Black Pride Time Capsule Podcast 2022. It's really good to have you here. And can you tell us what your name is? Yeah, my name is Lewis Corner, Mm -hmm. and I'm the editorial director of Gay Times. And um, we're proudly supporting this podcast at II Studios. um, And it's wonderful to be here. Amazing. Thank you. How do you identify in terms of your gender and your sexuality? So I am a gay male, mm-hmm. um, but I also like to use the term queer because mm-hmm. I just like, I feel that's quite a nice encompassing yeah. label for the community and for people that are, I suppose, outside of the quote unquote status quo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then sort of thinking about today, UK Black Pride, 
What's the vibe been? And I guess what has inspired you the most being in this space? UK Black Pride is just such a wonderful day. I feel like it has a sense of community at its heart and at its core. Um, and it's a, an amazing coming together of different communities. And I think it inspires me because it's kind of harking back to the spirit of pride, the original meaning of pride and the original meaning of community, where you have these incredible voices from right across the LGBTQ spectrum, but also across different ethnicities, different religions, different backgrounds. And it's about coming together and celebrating a unity and a solidarity uh, amongst LGBTQ people. Nice. When you first walked into the park, what was the feeling for you? It felt like, I mean, it's been a very hot day. Yes. It's been very, very hot. Yes. For London, this is really, really hot. Yes. Um, but it, it, there's a lot of love mm-hmm. in this park, it feels. And there's a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who have probably have never seen themselves represented in events like this, yeah. feeling seen and feeling accepted and loved and a kind of coming together with people like them but also like there's a familial spirit there as yeah. well yeah. which I love yeah. um, and I think as I said like that kind of harks back to what Pride set out to do mm-hmm. 50 years ago yeah. in the UK in 1972 when they first marched down those streets and you know we've we got to face the truth that it's lost its way in certain areas along the way people have been left behind mm-hmm. and UK Black Pride feels like it's bringing those people in together mm-hmm. and making sure that everyone gets to experience that sense of pride and queer joy um, in, in a space that feels unapologetic yeah. and unifying and uh, purposeful yeah. and, and, and I really love that because it brings you know, it brings amazing queer talent in. So people are enjoying themselves. It's celebratory. Yeah. But then also then you have the, the talks by the speakers that are reminding us of the fight to get to this point, yeah. but the fight yet to go. What is next in the fight for equality, like going forward from here? I think next in the fight for equality, we have to really, really take a look at ourselves as a community mm-hmm. that has probably in recent years there has been an attempt to fracture our community uh, particularly within British media I think particularly amongst white LGBTQ people there needs to be a reckoning with our past Mm -hmm. and the legacy of a British empire that has imposed anti-LGBTQ laws and sentiment particularly across the Commonwealth Mm -hmm. and obviously a lot of those Commonwealth nations immigrated to the UK and they're people now who were born in the UK but they still live with some of that cultural hangover from penal code laws that discriminate against their identity and so they're living at an intersection that can be incredibly challenging for them and it shouldn't be and so I think we need to reckon that I think there's a lot of work that the UK needs to do globally Mm I also think we need to focus on our trans and non-binary and gender non-conforming siblings because in the year 2022, they are suffering from a far-right agenda to, again, divide our community in order to conquer it. You know, you know when you're winning the fight for equality when there's so much pushback. 
and there there is a lot a lot of pushback especially within the media within uh, i suppose a, a tory government that we have at the moment where they've gone okay we've given you some rights but now you're asking for too much and it's like well we're not asking for too much because all we're asking for is for equality is for the right to live and love as who we are and as a community and we have every right to have full lives where we feel loved we feel like we can achieve our ambitions we can dream mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we're fighting for so okay we have equal marriage we can adopt mm-hmm. we you know there's a there's a level of healthcare and protections mm-hmm. but now we're fighting for kind of the soul i suppose of who we are across the whole community yeah. in a way to really walk down the street and not feel scared yeah. or worried that if someone clocks on that, that we're queer or yeah. we're trans yeah. or non-binary or you know we like to express ourselves out of the gender binary that we're going to get persecuted for that in some way yeah and i think it's really really important that people who kind of enjoy a life where they can assimilate with mainstream society mm-hmm. because they don't have that thrown at them those people are allies the people that are facing those daily prejudices yeah. that daily discrimination yeah and that's where the battle continues and i also think we have to take responsibility for our part on a global scale and the uk really does have a role and and, and british lgbtq people have a role in making sure that we are part of the change for that to happen when i think about the future and i think about the struggles that we've still got coming i think for me i draw on the fact that those who came before us were able to push through whatever they needed to push through and i think that's what i think that's what gives me courage when i think about things like stonewall and i think about you know the marsha p johnsons and i think about the aids epidemic and stuff like we've we've come through a lot right and so yes now feels tough but we can come through this as well does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. But also it's because back then the lines were so much more clear cut. It was about true. legal protections. Yeah. It was about, well, I want to marry and have a family. Yeah. They were very kind of clear cut rights. Yeah. Whereas it's a, a lot more nuanced now because it's not about laws. It's about how people live and how they want to express themselves. Yeah. And so there's got to be a societal shift. Yes. And currently you have largely an older generation, largely a white demographic of cishet people mm. who, as I said earlier, are, well, you've, you've got gay marriage, what more do you want? Yeah. And it's like, well, we, we want to be able to be ourselves without anyone pushing us down. So the dividing lines aren't as clear. No. Um, and... Because how do, you, how do you even begin to legislate that? Like, it's so... <laughs> there's so much nuance yeah. and there's so much... Uh, there's so many individuals and individual expression yeah. that it's not a one size fits all. No. So you're really asking for, also I hate the, the word of like allowance, but that's mm. almost like how mainstream society makes it feel yeah. at yes. times. Yeah. You know, that oh, will allow you to do that. And it's like, well, no, actually, right. we're just going to, yeah, we have the right as yeah. human beings, we have the right to be that. Yeah. And it's none of your business. Yeah. It's not affecting you in any single way. No. And so, leave us be. Yeah. Let us live our lives. Let us live our dreams. Mm-hmm. Let us love who we want to love and yeah. be who we want to be. Yeah. And the world will be a much better place. Absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. Can you finish this sentence? 
In the future, I refuse to accept a world in which... In the future, I refuse to accept a world which discriminates against any minority. Mm-hmm. Every young person deserves the opportunity to a full-rounded education. Mm-hmm. They should feel loved for who they are from a young age and be accepted in society just as they come. Nice. There should be no allowances. There should be no compromises to their identity. Yeah. And society and culture and government will accept that mm-hmm. and will embrace it. Nice. That's been amazing, Lewis. Thank you so much for being on the uh, podcast. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's been so wonderful to be a small part of this amazing time capsule yeah. and I'm really proud of II Studios for sort of setting this up and preserving something really, really special for that future generation. Absolutely. And not a small part, a very important part. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Why can't you do it then? Teach you. Nah. You want to sit down in our room and me talk out the whole waste out the whole of my breath and you say, mm, mm, and you walk out and say, eh, me not listen to nothing with them. I say, no, no, you know, exactly. go learn for yourself. Yeah. What you do, come and teach me something. Because mm-hmm. you can listen, the oppressed know more about the oppressed. So we are uh, volunteers at Black and Brown Rainbow. We are an LGBT uh, helpline for black and LGBT people who experience domestic sexual violence, racism, uh, police stop and search, immigration issues, a place we can hold black and brown LGBT people who don't see themselves in the generic services. And it's a place where we don't have to explain ourselves because we actually understand exactly what's going on. For example, we have a lot of calls from people who are stopped and searched by the police, but they are afraid to say that they've been attacked because of their sexuality, because of homophobia, and the interlaying intersectional identities they have. So this is a place where they can call, feel safe, and we can listen to them. That's why it's important. Each year, the Monarch of the UK bestows honours on members of the public as a reward for their contributions to the arts and sciences, charities and public service. In 2016, Lady Phil, who I spoke with in episode one, refused an MBE in that year's honours. In a piece written for Diva magazine, she said, As a trade unionist, a working class girl, and an out black African lesbian, I want to stand by my principles and values. I don't believe in empire. I don't believe in and actively resist colonialism and its toxic and enduring legacy in the Commonwealth, where, among many other injustices, LGBTQI people are still being persecuted, tortured, and even killed because of sodomy laws that were put in place by British imperialists. I'm honoured and grateful, but I have to say no thank you. My name is Rhoda Kay. Mm -hmm. Where are you from? I'm from Uganda. And what do you do, Rhoda? I sing. I'm a singer. 
I do Afro music and then dancehall music. Nice. I'm gonna live my life today, today. I'm gonna kick some stress away, stress away. Hello, Mr. DJ, would you play my song? Yeah, wanna ride with me? You should come along. Oh, yeah. We can how long have you been living in the UK, I guess? Um, I've lived in the UK, I think it's coming to four years now. How do you identify in terms of your gender and sexuality? I'm a lesbian. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and gender? My gender, I'm female. You're female, mm-hmm. amazing. Is this your first UK Black Pride? Yeah, it's my first UK Black Pride. Ooh, UK Black Pride Virgin. How are you finding it? What's tell me all about it? What's the vibe? Um, I'm finding it really fun. It's something like that I've never been to. You know, like um, I've got new friends. Everyone that I'm with today, I've just met them. I'm seeing different vibes. Like people are living freely. They're enjoying. They socializing, and I think it's the best. That's what I should say. What do you find most inspirational about? UK Black Pride about this space what do you like the most it encourages you to be like free everyone is living a free life here people like are really dressing up the way they want to to they loving who they want to love yeah that is really really important like everyone like they're living their life yeah, and it really inspires me so much, especially for the black people, because, like, some cultures in the black countries, like, they're against this. So, like, this is really an inspiration for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting you talk about some African countries. So my um, origins are Nigerian, mm-hmm. and I know that a space like this couldn't exist in Nigeria just because of the laws around um, homosexuality and yeah. queerness. And obviously being from Uganda, you Uganda, know... Uganda, it's worse. Yeah, it's really worse. Yeah, because actually it's happened to me. That's why I moved to the UK. Yeah. Being a singer, like I was really known. And then there is no way I could live in Uganda. Wow. Yeah. And so you've had to come here to, what, claim asylum? or Yeah. Yeah. I had had just even come for a visit. Mm -hmm. I started socialising with different people, like people who were like me. They took me around to bars, clubs. And then, like, I realised I could live a free life. So, like, they started posting pictures... Like when we're in the clubs and what. So because I'm a singer and I was known. So they spread all over the social medias. And then the next thing I had is like my mom calling and people calling me, questioning me about that. So I was like, no, yes, I, I am what I am right now. And I'm going to live the way I want to live. Yeah, that is how it came to be. And then I never returned to Uganda because I, I discovered I could live a free life here. It's sad that we can't yeah. live fully in our own African nations. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, there's a positive side to that in the sense that there is somewhere where we can at least live and yeah. be free mm-hmm. at the very least, you yeah. know, if not our home countries. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess thinking about the changes that need to happen in Africa, some of them seem really obvious, but um, what are some of the changes you'd like to see in Africa around queerness and uh, sexuality and gender? 
I think in Africa, they need to just like accept people the way they are because this is something that you like, you don't just wake up one morning and then you say, I'm, I'm this, I'm gay, I'm lesbian, I'm this. It is something that is within you. You don't create it. So like, I think they just have to accept people the way they are. They have to, to go with the change. That is what they have to do. Let them accept people the way they are and then stop the violence. Because, like, these days, most African countries are really being violent towards the gay people, which is really so sad. They're really killing these people. So I think they need to change this and finally accept that they really exist. And it is known that they decide it. It is born within us, I think. Yeah. So one of the things that UK Black Pride is known for is it's also about protest. Yes, we are enjoying and we're celebrating. Yeah. Would you say that UK Black Pride is protest for you in some way? Um, to a smaller extent, it would be because like people are really they're showing those people who are really against us that yes, we're living the life we we out here living freely. So it's kind of a protest, I think. They're loving the people they want to love. So I think it's kind of a protest in some way. Yeah, we're showing that we're showing the people, we're showing the world that we actually exist. Yeah, so they have to accept it. I think, yeah, that's yeah. it. No, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Can you finish this sentence? So mm -hmm. the sentence is, in the future, mm -hmm. I refuse to accept a world in which? In the future, I refuse to accept the world in which homosexuality is not accepted and in which people are not treated equally. Yeah, because I believe that God created us in the same way like he accepts everyone the way they are so I refuse this speaking to that young queer yeah. Ugandan child who isn't born yet what do you want to say to them like if the world is still homophobic like in the African countries what I could say to them have hope that sometime that that sometime you live a free life that there is free space for us for people like us people like them just like I, I never thought that I would get a free space for me. But finally, after too many years, I got identified in the UK. Yeah, so they should have hope and stand out for what they want to be, not to be what they don't want to be, yeah. Do you have any songs that are like protest kind of, like that speak to the struggle, for want of a better term? Do you have anything like that? Um, right now, I would say I'm working on an album and it is called My Life, My Way. Why I'm calling it My Life, My Way? Because like I've been having a lot of... People have been threatening me on the social media because I'm a known singer in Uganda. They've been abusing me, trying to tell me what I should do, scaring me and everything. So like I was like, let me work on an album that like tells me to do what I want to be. I don't want to be like them. Like So I wanted to to encourage other people who are like me that you can actually live your life your way. So I want to use it as a campaign. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much You're for welcome. taking the time to speak to us. When the sun comes down, expect to rain. So little brother, tie your shoestrings and never give up. Today you
Commonwealth of Nations is a political association of some 56 countries, most of which are former territories and colonies of the British Empire. Whilst the UK has changed its laws around same-sex marriage and relationships, many nations, including Uganda, still have and maintain laws from the colonial era that criminalise same-sex relationships. This is one of the reasons we protest. We reject empire. We reject imperialism. We reject homophobic laws and we stand with our LGBTQ plus siblings around the world who live under the daily threat of violence, persecution and isolation. We use our voices for those who cannot use theirs. Kobe? Toby. Toby, yeah, all right. Ted, Ted Brown. Do you have any special memories you'd like to share with us being at UK Black Pride today? Well, being at the very first Pride March in 1972 is a strong memory for me, partly because I was one of the few black people on that march. I was 22 years old at the time, and I had been in the previous march a year before, which was the youth group protests against the unequal age of, of consent laws. Gay men were only allowed to have sex after the age of 21, whereas if you were heterosexual, you could have sex from the age of 16. And we thought that was wrong. So we had this demonstration. Um, we marched from Hyde Park to Trafalgar Square. And then that went so well by which I mean we weren't stoned <laughs> or beaten up because we didn't know how people were going to react. That the following year they decided to have a march and apparently that was the first march in the entire world which was called Pride. Right? There had been a march in New York the year before which was called um, Gay Action which was commemorating Stonewall. But we were the first ones to call it Pride because it was about time that LGBT people were proud of themselves and happy to be who we are. And it's absolutely amazing to see how it's developed. It's now the biggest celebration in, in Britain every year. Even straight people come along and get involved. And it's great for our self-esteem and for the fight that we still need to make for our rights. Okay. Hi, my name is Aisha Walker. And my name is Naima Sisoko. I'm detecting accents here, um, beautiful accents. So um, can you tell me what you're, where you're from? And where your accent's from? Um, so I'm from Canada, from Toronto, um, and I've been living in London for the last five years. Um, but my ethnic background is Jamaican. Amazing. So. Nice. Okay, I'm from uh, France. I've been living in London for seven years, um, and I'm half uh, Ivorian as well. Oh, amazing. Oh, cool. <laughs> I love it. I love both of your accents. They're very beautiful. Um, also, if you don't mind me asking, um, and you don't have to answer this, but how do you identify in terms of gender and sexuality? I identify in terms of gender as a cis woman mm -hmm. and sexuality as queer. Mm -hmm. 
and I identify as a cis woman and sexually as a lesbian. So who are some of your queer black heroes? Hmm. Yeah. Who, who do you look up to? Like who, who for you sort of epitomizes either what you want to be like or who made you proud to be openly queer? Or? It's a good question. Mm -hmm. A tough <laughs> one though, right? Yes, because yeah. yeah. I was going to say, growing up I didn't have anyone like that I knew of mm -hmm. uh, that was black and queer mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. So it was very, like, people I would look up to would always like, be white just because of what was in the media and the representation yeah. and mm -hmm. in the northern fronts as well, mm -hmm. the way I'm from. Um, is not very mixed in the queer uh, communities at, at all. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying to find now who do I look yeah. into, but I can't. But in a way, that's an answer, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's the issue, and that's why we're doing the podcast, is because we did grow up without, like, mm -hmm. immediate role models, yeah. you know, to say, oh, this is the person that identifies how I identify, and so therefore I've got a guide in my life, right? And that's why we're doing what we do. Um, how about for you? Do you, do you yeah, is there anyone? I think I would agree with that, and I think... It was within, I guess, my own research mm -hmm. and reading about things. So there's not, there wasn't like a queer role model mm -hmm. that I could easily pull from in my childhood. But as I read more, people like Marsha P. Johnson, who is instrumental in Stonewall, um, people like Lady Phil, the founder of UK Black Pride, thinking of like Audre Lorde, um, a lot of the founders of BLM are queer black women. So I think... It's not something that's necessarily like in the forefront or in the media, but as you dig down and like a lot of events within history, all, oftentimes it is on, uh, you know, queer black people are at the forefront of that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think those are the people that kind of inspire me, the people that put themselves on the line mm -hmm. to help the rest of us. Have you heard of someone called Stacey Ann Chin? Yes, yeah, oh she's Jamaican. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. I adore her. Yeah. I've seen her poetry like at Afropunk. Um, and she's just fire, you know, just unapologetically mm. fiery. Like she does not give a shit. Yeah. And I've never seen that before, you know, and that sort of, that blew my mind that you could live that way, mm. you know, because sometimes you feel like as a person of color who's also queer and also a woman, you almost feel like I'm already a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let me just keep myself to myself yeah. and do you know what I mean just so, kind of blend in yeah exactly yeah. exactly and she showed me that you don't have to do that but to someone listening to this a hundred years from now that's a long time <laughs> so that's what 21 2122 yeah. mm -hmm. 2122 um, can you tell them what life is like for you right now in 2022 I think for me 2022 feels like a time of like change and transition so we're just coming out of the pandemic from 2020 and I think for a lot of people um, it got let, let people get in touch with what their priorities are mm -hmm. and maybe who they really are and now we're kind of going back into the world and being able to kind of test that out mm -hmm. and I guess I want to add as well even though things are can be difficult and coming out and microaggressions for me there's also a lot of joy in especially being a, a black queer woman um, events like UK Black Pride or just discussing with other friends who have similar identities and just the music that we listen to and the jokes that we have so I think it's really easy to get bogged down in like these narr the narratives of oppression and things it can be difficult but also there's, there's a silver lining there's a lot of joy within this community that's what I would want people to know 100 years from now that we had fun we had a good yeah. time as well yeah I love that do you think things will be different in 100 years? And in what ways do you think they could possibly, particularly thinking about how things have changed even from now since the 1970s or 80s? 
yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I hope that things will be different and continue to evolve and change, but I'm not sure if it will be linear. Mm -hmm. So, like, even now, I think the pendulum has swung, swung back a bit on, say, like, trans rights, mm -hmm. whereas hopefully it will swing forward again, but I'm not sure if maybe, like, those things like rights and the way people are perceived... Well, it will always go f forward. Like, I think generally we're moving forward, but mm -hmm. sometimes we take some steps back. So I hope that things continue to progress. Mm -hmm. And I also just wonder, like, what will come up, like, in the future? You know, did our grandparents think about gender in the way we did now? And maybe that's difficult for them to wrap their heads around. Is there something that's going to come along that mm -hmm. might be difficult for us? Mm -hmm. Now we're kind of the most progressive in society, but mm -hmm. as we get older... Mm -hmm. I think people tend to moderate a bit. I hope I don't become like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of the unknown, but I do hope that in future things just continue to become more liberal, more progressive, and just we just let people live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See no, who I they agree. are. Yeah. And for you? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with uh, everything you just said. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's. I feel like sometimes it gets a bit scary when we take so many steps back. So that, I think that's the little scary part. But yeah, when we look at a big chunk of time, like 50 years, it looks like we are going forward. So mm. I, I don't know. I think 100 years, it's a long time. Yes. So I would hope that we kind of, as like human, we prioritize, you know, where we need to like focus our attention on and not like just, yeah, let people leave and be happy with themselves. And then, you know, think about everything that actually needs uh, attention, mm. like poverty, you know, yeah. all of the, like the things that matter instead of um, spending so much time talking about um, like have, for people having to fight so much for the rights that should be theirs as yeah. human um, that yeah. would be the hope I don't know 100 years feels like a lot of time it but does. I guess fingers crossed yeah yeah and <laughs> no, I agree but that was beautiful yeah, that was so amazing. Thank um, you. Thank some so great much. questions. Yeah, really thought provoking. Thank you. Yeah, I'm like that in my head. Like, like, so much to think about. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. What goes into putting on such an epic festival? How do you communicate the importance of UK Black Pride to a world that mostly doesn't quite see the point? Next week, I'll be in conversation with Josh Rivers, head of communications at UK Black Pride and the host of Busy Being Black to find out what led him to join the army of volunteers that power the festival each year. You can find out more about UK Black Pride by visiting ukblackpride.org.uk and AI Studios by visiting aiaistudios.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at aiai.studios to find out more about the stories we tell and the amazing people we work with. Also, please rate and leave a review. It really helps us to reach more people. This was an II Studios podcast in collaboration with UK Black Pride and proudly supported by Gay Times. The UK Black Pride Time Capsule podcast was recorded on location at the Olympic Park in Stratford with Audio Mango and at Glasshouse Studios in London. It was produced by me, Iwana Binyan. The production assistant was Ede Damola Bajomo. Development by Abby Holick. Field recordings by Toby Adebajo. Theme music by Grown Girl Biscuits, with lyrics and performance by Ade. A special thanks to the many volunteers who gave their time and energy to support us on the day. 